ABF Creative. ABF Creative. Many define athlete success by the number of MVPs earned, all-star appearances, touchdowns scored, baskets made, or championships won. But the real wins occur off the field. When we watch and hear our sports stars discuss the topics that matter in the pursuit of equality and social justice, these voices should be heard, celebrated, and most importantly, shared. These are the real sports heroes. It's time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? They're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice, people that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. I would definitely not do that. Being an NBA player don't exclude me from no conversation at all. First and foremost, I'm a black man, and I'm a member of this community. Go after your dreams. You don't allow anything to take you away from your dreams. On this episode of Real Sports Heroes, I'll be joined by University of Virginia football star Charles Snowden. Charles is about to enter the 2021 NFL Draft, but is much more than a football player. Wise beyond his years and a leader on and off the field. Here is my conversation with Charles Snowden. Well, first off, thank you so much, Charles, for joining Real Sports Heroes. I'm super excited to kind of give you that title uh, really early in your career because the things you've been doing um, the last few years have um, literally been the definition of what a hero is. Um, it's really simple to be a hero. A lot of people think you have to do a lot to be a hero, but as someone as young as you are, who is really coming into his own, has really defined it um, and it's only going to get better from here on out. So um, a congratulations to you for, you know, putting on that cape early and recognizing that, you know, that there's work to be done and, and getting right to it. Um, so before we dive into what actually makes you a hero, I want to just know, at what point did you fall in love with sports? Oh, God. Um, I fell in love with sports. I mean, at a young, young age, ever since I can remember. Um, I've always loved sports, uh, basketball, football, baseball, soccer. I mean, um, ever since I was a kid, I can always remember like, starting the day off watching Sports Center. Um, like right before I leave for elementary school, it worked out great. The SC top 10 would always be on. And um, I mean, just ever since I kept walking, I wasn't a sports fan. So at what point, you listing all of those sports, did you realize that football was it for you? Like, there is nothing else. It's just, I want to do this as a career. So I actually was a huge basketball player growing up. That basketball was 100% my first love. Um, my goal was to be an Ivy League basketball player. I transferred high schools and dreamed of getting a basketball scholarship. And then um, I ended up getting a football scholarship from the University of Virginia um, a couple weeks into my senior year. And um, I mean, even kind of going into Virginia, uh, I was still kind of considering myself a basketball guy, really. But I mean, just immersing myself in the game of football, I've just really fallen in love with it. And now, I mean, I, I'd say I have a, a fairly healthy obsession with football. (laughs) 
So what was it like playing for Virginia? Um, you know, just the program and kind of fully buying into what uh, Virginia stands for. It was definitely tough at first. Our program, uh, led by Coach Miller Hall, he's a big believer in like hard things together. And so he believes they become a better football player and a better person, really. Um, that's really his biggest thing is just kind of by doing hard things. He thinks the best way to get through those hard things is to doing what people you care about, which is our teammates. And so we're definitely, there are definitely some struggles early on. Um, I remember being recruited, uh, my position coach, coach, uh, coach Papinga, he said every day will be the hardest day of your life. Mm-hmm. And he was not lying. Um, <laughs> it was, it was quite the adjustment, but, um, I'm so thankful for it. Made me a better person, made me a better man, a better football player. Now, at what point um, during your career did you realize how good you were? Um, starting to see the watch list come in, the awards come in. At what point were you like, bro? Like, I'm like, I'm low key fire out here in these streets. <laughs> I would probably say that didn't really happen until um, late in my sophomore year. Like, uh, I mean, for a large part of my freshman year, I thought uh, maybe I don't belong. I don't know. Um, and then uh, I had a pretty big game, like a kind of coming out game against Louisville my sophomore year. And uh, but I thought uh, maybe I was just a fluke. But then even after that, I just kind of kept on playing well. And I started to think, like, oh, you know. Maybe I can't make some things shake out here. So um, during your college career, a lot has transpired. Um, As I was telling you before, the trajectory of a college athlete doesn't mean the same as it did before. It's kind of like you guys had like a a lot of weight on your shoulders. Um, Usually that's for, you know, your LeBron James and your Chris Pauls and, and people like that. But... College athletes really took a stand um, this past season. Um, at what point did you realize that you had to use your platform for something bigger than just football? I think that I, for me, it wasn't necessarily like, I, now that I have this platform, what do I do with it? Um, I've always been kind of outspoken, always spoken up. I just didn't really have a platform. I was kind of a nobody before that. So it was really interesting what I had to say. But then, um, I mean, as I continue to gain more success and do better on the field, um, I never kind of changed who I was, and I kind of remained true and speaking to my mind and sharing how I felt. And then, I mean, the platform then started to reach a lot more people. So, um, but I, you know, I just kind of try to be who I am. Did it ever feel like you have to weigh the pros and cons of speaking out? Like, you know, going to a PWI and, you know, speaking about, you know, being black and what it's like to be black in America. And, you know, not a lot of fans are um, excited about hearing those topics from, you know, their football players, especially um, on a collegiate level. Were you ever kind of not nervous, but, you know, just like, hesitant on speaking out because of that you didn't want to make anyone feel isolated or you know um for me it was uh it wasn't necessarily felt comfortable speaking out it was more so how i was going to mm-hmm. say things um understanding that i mean going to university of virginia which is kind of in rural central virginia so we might have a little bit more conservative uh fans a little who might just not be as in touch and so 
I didn't like whenever I would speak out, I didn't want to, um, I never wanted to offend anyone. I always kind of want to share my experiences, um, share others' experiences. Like I really kind of use my athlete privilege. Like, um, we kind of had an incident, uh, here happened at our multicultural center. A bunch of my friends were tweeting out supporting this girl and she was African-American and her and I had been, in a, um, like I'd worked with her before, so I knew her and, um, like my friends were just receiving so much backlash just from like the Charlottesville community, not necessarily the Charlottesville community, just from like Virginia alum and just kind of people on social media. Like, um, and then I would tweet kind of the same exact things that my friends were saying. And people would say, Oh wow. Thanks Charles. I never really thought about it like that. Oh, by the way, good luck this fall. Go who's. And so um, for me, it was kind of just using, using that privilege of people might be a little bit more inclined to listen to me than uh, regular students really. And so I'm um, just making sure that, I was being very intentional in what I said and understanding that some people uh, just as crazy as this might seem, like you and I are both black, but like understanding that there's some people that just growing up have been kind of fed in misinformation or just have not been ex as exposed to so much. So I don't want to hold that against people. I just kind of want to just educate. And I just believe that just through having conversations that people can grow. Now, I saw on your Instagram page that there was a, um, you penned how to be supportive of Black Lives Matter. Um, at what point did you realize that you wanted that on your page as a staple, that whenever people visited your page, this is something that they, you know, they knew about you, that this isn't something that's a fly by night. This isn't something that's going to be gone, you know, in 10 years. You know, this is something that's important to you, important enough to make sure that when we visit your page, Black Lives Matter, and this is how you help. This is a research. This is who you donate to. Um, this is how you can be an ally. Um, I, I just, as everything was going on, I kind of just watching trends in the past, like you'll have protests and outcry and Black Lives Matter, and then that's a bit, quote unquote, business yes. as usual. Yeah. And yeah. so I just, I just, didn't want that to happen. Uh, I think it's like something that has to constantly be on people's the forefront of people's minds. Um, and for a lot of people, it is. Let me like like for a lot of people, a lot of people are constantly doing work, and by no means yes. is it friendly for them. Yeah. But um, I mean, for the vast majority of people, that's kind of how it goes. And so I just wanted to make sure that people are always that if you come to my page, whether it's for football, it's because you like UVA, whatever, that that is there that's a huge part of who i am and it's not something that i just kind of think about in trends that it's a constant thing now how has covid um impacted your your football season it's definitely been an unprecedented year and something that i don't think we could have ever imagined um, what was this year like for you and, and how did you cope? Um, it was uh, definitely the strangest year I've ever had. I mean, as it was for everyone. Right. But um, I, I will personally say that I definitely struggled at first. Like, um, I'll say during the season. Um, in the off season, uh, I feel like I did a fairly good job of like really honing in, focusing on what I needed to focus on, getting bigger and stronger, working out, staying on top of things. Uh, I would stay connected with my teammates like back in the spring and the summer, uh, every Friday, I would kind of host a zoom call for the team. Like, Hey, Friday night, whether you're in your basement, you know what I'm saying? Just, we can all kind of get as much social interaction as we can. 
And uh, it was open to the whole team, but really the same four guys, us four would always be on it. Um, we called ourselves the usual suspects and we would play games and a few guys would trickle in and trickle out throughout the entire time. But uh, that was, that was, we tried to make the most of that. But then as the season began, um, it was, uh, it was just kind of adjustment. Like I was thinking to myself, dang, like this isn't how my senior, my senior year is supposed to go. Like running out the crowd, I'm a high energy player, like making a play, not really having that crowd. Um, things are kind of quiet. And I mean, knowing we can't go out to celebrate after a win, like it definitely was an adjustment for me at first, but really just uh, getting a reappreciation for the game of football, a love of my teammates and just making, just like appreciating that a lot more because I mean, just thankful that we're even playing football amidst everything. Um, during your four years, uh, what stands out to you um, as you're leaving? Uh, you know, what are some of your highs that um, you don't think, you know, you'll ever get to experience again? And what is a low, um, something that's taught you and will probably stay with you forever? I'm glad you asked. I feel, oh, I get a good story. Hold on. <laughs> okay. So those, those two right there are so intertwined. Mm-hmm. The biggest low I've ever faced in my life. 2018, Blacksburg, Virginia. We are playing Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is our arch rival. Now, we say that, we had not beaten Virginia Tech in 14 years leading up to that. I don't know if that's much of a rivalry if you lost 14 straight games. So we're in Blacksburg. Virginia Tech's not that good that year. We're playing well, peaking at the right time. So it's a back and forth game. They get up early. We are storming back. And with about three minutes left, they have the ball. We're up by four. I get an interception on our 25-yard line. Um, pick it off. I'm thinking, all right. Uh, no, it's on their 25-yard line. So I'm thinking, all right, interception. We're going to score a touchdown. The game is over. The streak's going to be over. I remember laying on the ground. I handed the game ball to Chris Peace, fifth-year senior. like my big brother. I was like, Peace, this is how you're going out. Like, we end this for you. Um. And then we ended up settling for a field goal. But even then, we're up seven, a minute, and some change left. Virginia Tech's off, like, their quarterback and their offense isn't that great that year. They throw a 70-yard bomb on our first-team All-American corner and then drive down, score a touchdown, send the game into overtime. In overtime, first down, we stop them. Second down, we stop them. Third down, I have the quarterback wrapped up in the backfield to knock them out of field goal range. They're out of field goal range. There's now it's fourth and 20. They'd have to throw a Hail Mary, whatever. Quarterback escapes, gets out my arms, throws the ball away. They kick a field goal. The very next play, we fumble it. Before I even know what's happening, fans are rushing on the field, running through our sideline, all F-U-V-A, blah, blah. And it was, like, surreal. Like, I, I, I cannot... I had, I went back to my phone. I had 500 text messages. The first 250 were like, bro, you just won us the game. Oh my God, you're a Virginia legend, blah, blah, blah. The next 250, I'm so sorry about the game. I didn't know. I thought we were going to win, blah, blah, blah. And it was the most heartbreaking, devastating, demoralizing loss of my life. Like I thinking about that sack and how I had the quarterback wrapped up, like 
it, it stuck with me. It sticks with me to this day. Every day of my life, it has stuck with me ever since. And fast forward, the next year, we play Virginia Tech. At our place now, winner wins the division, goes to the ACC championship, goes to the Orange Bowl, and we beat them. And it was a day I will never forget. I mean, my poor wife in 30 years when I'm asked what the best day of my life was, I'm going to say my wedding's top three up there somewhere. But it's... Not top three. Top, top you're right. <laughs> wedding was top two. Top two, right behind that Virginia Tech game. Because that win, that high is something I will never, ever forget. That was definitely the best day of my life. And then celebrating, like because the game is always right after Thanksgiving, so I had a Thanksgiving dinner with my friends and my family after the game. And then we went out and celebrated the victory. I mean, it was that, that, that day, something I'll never forget. With that being said, the pain and the despair of that loss from the year before uh-huh. still is, is greater than, than the high of the win. That's crazy. Well, so what do you leave Virginia with? Like, I, I see all this personality and, I, you know, you were captain last year. What do you leave uh, Virginia with as you move on into um, greener pastures? Um, I think I leave Virginia with um, the tools necessary to be successful. Uh, Virginia definitely instilled in me hard work, humility, selflessness, the intelligence to understand what it takes to be successful, whether it's football or anything else um a huge support system between the people i've met fans that i haven't met that just support my friend uh nick grant who plays at uva with me we always say who's love who's so whenever we see someone just say go who's and go who's and i know they'll i know they got me and i got them um and really just uh passion like those those things that virginia gave me um i mean i couldn't be more grateful um now you're preparing for the nfl draft um what has that process been like for you um i can imagine that it's uh, it's a little different because of covid and, and not really getting to experience the full throttle of you know your pro day and, and all those other um that you really get um, so what has that experience been like for you trying to prepare for something that, you know, is really supposed to be the most exciting time of your life? Um, yeah, it's definitely been uh, just like, you know, like, obviously it's things like not being able to go to the combine in Indy and be there, like something I've the comp- watched the combine every year since I was a kid. Um, so not being in there, not being there, getting experienced that obviously stuff like that is a little different. Uh, in a normal year, teams can kind of fly you out, see their facilities, mm-hmm. uh, get a feel for you in person, and missing out on that this year as well. But, um, I mean, it's still just been so cool uh, being able to talk to teams on Zoom. Like, sometimes I'll be on a Zoom call, and I'm like, holy smokes. Like, like I watched this team. Like, I used to play with this team on Madden, and now here they are talking to me. Um, just stuff like that. And uh, just making the most of it. Like, down, I was training down at Exos in Pensacola, and, I met a lot of great people down there, uh, just going through the same thing that I'm going through. And uh, it's just been a really cool process. What would be your dream, like, team right now? Like, if you could pick any team 
to go to. They said, you know what, Charles, you know, we're going to do something different. What team do you want to go to? Who would that be? Or what team would that be? Um, now, listen, I promise you this is not rehearsed. My agent didn't tell me to say this. Like I like I said, I was late to football. I didn't even think I was going to like I had a chance to go to the NFL until like my junior year. So I never formulated like an NFL dream. I'm just so grateful to be here and I'm happy to play wherever. That is a really good answer. That's like a really good press answer. (laughs) (laughs) Someone trained you well. Um, So you had a, or you wrote a letter um, for um, Uninterrupted um, that was amazing. Uh, Talk about that letter and and what went into it. And uh, I kind of guess, I think I know who your real sports hero is based off that letter. But um, just talk about it and, you know, how you wrote it so eloquently and um, why was it important to you to make sure that message was heard? Um, definitely. I just, I don't know, it was just kind of uh, in my heart. Uh, I just kind of spoke what I had been thinking about. I just wanted to share. I'm so thankful for Uninterrupted for giving me that platform um, to s- share my piece. But I just, it was just something that I really felt passionately about. And I was really moved by it. And I just felt like I had to share it. And um, I also saw that you have a fundraiser going on with City of Promise. I tell us a little bit about that and um, uh, the purpose of City of Promise and how people can help you reach your goals. Definitely. So um, the fundraiser is like, um, so however many, you can just, you can choose how many, how much, how many dollars you want to put on each bench press rep that I'm hoping to do on my pro day. And so, if you just want to do one dollar per rep, that is a okay. I'll do roughly around twenty reps, hopefully. So it'll be about twenty dollars. And City of Promise is a nonprofit uh, based here in Charlottesville that's um, rooted in supporting um, marginalized communities, um, minorities in the Charlottesville community, um, really through education and helping them have successful academic careers, but it, uh, is, it's emphasized that the family ultimately makes all the decisions because it's, I mean, it's the family's lives. And so uh, they've just, they just do great work here in Charlottesville. And I just want, I just believe that I want to support them however I could really. And uh, they've really motivated me. And so I just thought, you know, I believe that to whom much is given, much is expected. So with this platform, with this money, just giving back to the Charlottesville community that's given me so much. Now, when you move on to the NFL, um, being so recently removed from college athletics, um, how will you continue to be supportive of the college athletes speaking out against whether it's, you know, uh, racial injustice, uh, inequality, um, or, you know, just the NCAA and the treatment, how will you use your platform to kind of bridge that gap and still be supportive of college athletes and their voices? Um, I think I'll just continue to uh, hear what they say, listen to what they say, respect their voice, um, uplift it if they're not being heard, really. Because, um, I mean, just being a college athlete myself, like, I feel like I had a fairly big platform here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Like, when I spoke in Charlottesville, people would listen. But, um, I mean, outside of that, I didn't really have much, too much of a voice, really. So uh, if, they're, if they're having cries or they're having concerns that they're letting out that aren't being heard, 
and just um, kind of using my platform now at a bigger level, playing in the NFL, uh, using that to make sure that they are heard and that their concerns are valid. Now, is there anything um, fans should know about Charles? Are there any secret um, hobbies, um, any secret tricks? Um, any, what, what stands out about you that most people don't know? I'm just, uh, I wish I had something cool. I'm just a good old fashioned American kid, um, you know, grow up, sports, movies, video games, sleep in my free time, hang out with my friends. I'm a pretty regular guy. Now, I did see that you dressed up as a superhero um, in an Instagram video. So I, I really think that that's something that needs to be stated that you do uh, wear superhero costumes. So. <laughs> so that day, so it was funny because that was Halloween. So I remember Halloween my freshman year. Like people were going to class in their Halloween costumes. And I'm like, whoa, like college, so cool. So then uh, my sophomore, I'm like, all right, let me find, let me dress up. People was like, Charles, you should be Frozone from The Incredibles. I was like, that's good, that's good, that's good. So I got my Frozone costume and practice ran late that day. So I'm going to my first class and I'm the last one in the class. And it's a lecture. So the door is at the, is at the back of the class. The like professor's in the front teaching and the doors are in the back. And then, you know, students pile in from there. So I walk into the class. I have my Frozone costume on. I'm holding my protein shake in my hand. And the professor is in the middle of teaching. He hears the door open. He looks back. He just stops and turns his head. And then everyone just turns their head. I felt all 200 eyes turn and look at me in my Frozone costume. And everyone just collectively bursts out laughing. And I look around and I don't see another costume anywhere i'm the only one in a costume so like this sounds like such a loser as i'm the only one who had dressed up for halloween and um from there i had just become my my alter ego had just become like frozone so uh yeah i then anytime i anytime that frozen costume had to come out for any occasion i was pulling it out that is hilarious My last question for you will be, and I think I already know who this is, but for those who don't, who is your real sports hero? Um, my real sports hero is definitely LeBron James. I did not know that. <laughs> Why is it LeBron James? I not mean, that he does anything special, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one, he is like the greatest basketball player of all time. He is so successful in his craft, which, I mean, I love it. Um, but like just everything he does off the court as well. He's so outspoken. He supports others around him. He, the fact that he has Maverick Carter and Rich Paul guys, he grew up yes. with supporting yes. them, giving them that platform. And then, I mean, what he does in the community, like there are, you know, there've been plenty of athletes that spoke, that spoken up in the past. And I mean, that's, I'm not diminishing that at all. Like that's great work. Right. LeBron James also has like built schools in his community. Like that's incredible. And so, I mean, he does it. he's a great father to his kids, supportive husband. Like, he just embodies everything yeah. I aspire to be. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that's why I'd have to say LeBron James is my sports hero. I'm going to have to counteract that greatest basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan mm -hmm. has, has definitely entered the chat, and he wants a word. But, you know, that's, that's another conversation 
That is not for this podcast, but I got time. You know what? (laughs) We will discuss that. But I do want to thank you so much for joining Real Sports Heroes. And um, I do hope you do know, Charles, that you truly are a real sports hero. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Real Sports Heroes. Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you're notified when the next episode drops. And please take a second to rate and review the show. We want as many people as possible to be able to engage with our real sports heroes. And your ratings and reviews help other people find our show. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.